Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another Hayes Swiss podcast. I'm Mike Beaupre, head of cybersecurity at Hayes, and I'm here to talk to you about the importance of cybersecurity to HR leaders, the HR workforce, and to procurement in general. Now, before I get started, let me tell you a little bit about myself, just in case you don't know who I am and who's this crazy guy talking to you. I've been, for the last 28 plus years, working in IT, uh, security, and operations environment. So I'm not a salesman, I'm an operations person. And I've worked for the US Army at the sea level, um, consolidating decentralized IT into centralized IT. I have been um, involved in uh, huge projects to save the Army hundreds of million a year in operational efficiency. And my last 10 years in the military, I worked directly for the CIO of the Army in Europe. And I built an operating model together with some very brilliant people to help beat cybercrime, to help keep criminals out of one of the most heavily attacked networks in the world. I left the military um, and I joined a public sector company serving as a CISO for a DAX30 firm, uh, supporting about 60,000 users in 43 countries, protecting $17 billion a year in revenue. And after doing this for quite some time, I started my own company and helped C-levels in 12 different industries to protect their assets and their critical infrastructure, and most importantly, their people. After doing this for a little while, I joined Hayes. I've been at Hayes for one year, and at Hayes, I am here to help companies protect what matters most, and that's people. I'm here to help companies understand the risks they face, to understand the capabilities they have, and to find new ways to fight back and beat cybercrime. I've worked in 12 different industries. I've seen things from manufacturing, translation industries, pharmaceutical industry, military industry, logistics, transportation industry. And one thing I can tell you, it doesn't matter what industry you go to, it's the same criminal. So cyber criminals know no borders. And so our response in our um, unity of action to fight back should also have no borders. So I'm a huge advocate of bringing together people, processes, and technology across multiple countries from multiple perspectives to help us win this very, very critical fight. Now, what's happening in the market today? So you've all seen the news. You've all heard about things being hacked. You've heard about this company got breached. Um, this person was tricked into sending money to another company. We see it all the time. Did you know that annually cyber criminals steal $10.5 trillion from us? That's a lot of money. And to fight back annually, we invest around $260 billion annually. That's a pretty lopsided equation. Now, we need to fight back in a different way, and we need to understand why are they so successful stealing from us. And I like to just use a quote from a very wonderful speaker named Mark T. Hoffman. He's a criminal psychologist, and he interviews and studies hackers. He talks about the psychology of cybercrime. And one of the things he says that really resonates with me, he says... Amateurs hack systems. Professionals hack people. Now think about that for a minute. Amateurs hack systems. Professionals hack people. So you ever, you've heard of deepfake. You've heard of identity fraud. I'm sure you've heard of this. Did you know that a criminal only needs 30 seconds of your voice to impersonate you and pretend that this criminal is you and to say things that you don't even say in that 30 seconds they captured. 
Now, there's plenty of videos about this. You can even look up Mark T. Hoffman and, and watch his, um, his keynote speeches about this. With a 30-second clip of voice um, capture from President Biden, he actually ran a one-and-a-half-minute promo advocating how great Mark was and you should see his conference and you should come to his, um, his speeches, which is a 30-second clip. Now, how much of your voice is out there on the Internet? How much of my voice is being recorded right now to be out there to be used? So it's going to happen. You cannot prevent it. So you have to learn how to deal with it, how to be more aware. You see, criminals, one of the most fundamental things they do is they hack the human. They exploit your trust. They exploit your nature to naturally want to help and connect to people. So let me just talk about a couple of use cases in the HR industry alone um, that we've been through. So if you uh, think about one case called the Lazarus Heist case, okay, so there were several workers at the Bangladesh Bank, uh, and they received emails from someone posing as a job seeker, and they asked people to download this resume. Pretty standard business. You get this all the time. Now, one worker downloaded the file, and it infected the Bangladesh Bank with malware. Now, once the hackers got in, they found their way into the SWIFT network, and they established four fake bank accounts, four fake accounts. They put these in the Philippines using fake IDs they created from the data they stole. They transferred $951 million to these fake accounts. $951 million. Let that number sink in. Now, a lot of these transfers were intercepted. They were stopped because the, the banks were trained, the people responded, but they still lost $81 million to that attack. One person downloaded one malicious email posing as a valid resume and 81 million euros was stolen and won't come back. All because one hacker pretended to be a genuine job seeker and the HR department said, let's find this guy a job. So think about that. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just showing you the power of hacking the people. Now, there's another case study called uh, RSA Hack. So RSA is a well-renowned Security company. So security companies, yes, they get hacked too. Um, somebody in the HR staff got an email at the subject line, 2011 recruitment plan and an Excel sheet, and naturally downloaded it. It looked like it was coming from a legitimate recruiting company. Now, once the hackers got access, what did they do? They moved into other parts of the networks. They stole data, and they were able to pretend they were somebody else. Now, when you're talking to somebody else on the phone, when you're getting an email from somebody else, you think that's the person you're receiving the email from. You think that's the person you're talking to, but sometimes it isn't. So how do you check and verify? Now, so RSA, they had to replace almost 40 million Secure ID tokens. So even the protection, even the people protecting us are getting hacked. So it's not a matter of having firewalls, of having RSID tokens, of having secure um, authentication methods. It's not a matter of having technology. It's a matter of having the right people in place to understand the criminal mind and to take action against them. It's a matter of teaching people that the hack doesn't come just from the guy in the hoodie in the room writing all this crazy code. 
the hack is normally delivered by somebody pretending to be somebody they're not and convincing you to do something you normally do. Or pretending to be somebody that they're not and convincing you to do something you normally wouldn't do. So what do we do about this? How can we, how can we fight back? How can we handle the dangers uh, that are prevalent in a world filled with cyber criminals who hack the human? Well, one of the things we can do is we can apply the advice that was given to me by one of my greatest mentors. Uh, Lieutenant General retired Susan Lawrence, three-star general, was the CIO of the army, of the whole army, one of my most fabulous and fantastic mentors in my entire life. Susan had a saying that she drilled into all of us. She said, in God we trust, all others check and verify. Check and verify. So one of the things Mark talks about in his, um, in his, his keynote speeches, which is so powerful, right now, people will take a recording of one of your children or a family member, and they will change this voice that they have, and they'll send you a voice message saying, oh, please, I've been kidnapped. Help me send money to these people. And it sounds just like your child. Or your loved one. Oh, they send a voice message, again, to, to an SMS voice message or, or a WhatsApp voice message saying, my car's broken. I don't know what to do. I can't get on the internet. Transfer money to this account. Somebody will help me get home. And it sounds just like your loved one. So Mark says, make a code word. Tell everyone in your family, if there's any kind of emergency or any kind of communication between us, the first thing to do is challenge with a code word. Because they also will call you and play that recording and you think it's your loved one. So establish a code word to make sure the person you're talking to on the other end really is the person you're talking to. Now, if you extrapolate that beyond family life and into the business, we have multiple ways to help validate the person reaching out to us is the actual person reaching out to us. Um, we have tons of professionals in the, in the um, cybersecurity industry who can help you do that. At Hayes, we're very good at connecting you to those people to help you do that. I think when you think about the complexity we face, a key point to remember and not to ever forget is cyber security hacks and attacks are 70% people and only 30% technology. So if we think that the technology solutions are the answer, we need to rethink our mental model and our paradigm. The true answer is training and awareness and education. The true answer is changing our processes, changing our validation steps, our validation methods is understanding how a criminal thinks and what a criminal actually does and how it affects and impacts us. It's not going to go away. We can't stop being on the internet. We can't stop being digital people because we are. So how do you live safely in a digital environment is you learn where the risks are. You learn what actions you can take and you apply those. So when Airplanes first came out, we didn't know how to fly them safely. They crashed a lot. When cars first came out, we didn't know how to drive them safely. We crashed a lot. We don't have to crash a lot in high T. We can learn from the airline industry. We can learn from the automotive industry and apply things they've done and put them into practice in our lives. We fight back and we perform risk management every single day of our lives, every single minute we're alive. When we cross the street, when we go to the store, when we get in a car, when we turn it on, when we get into a taxi, we're always evaluating risk and making decisions. It's no different in the cybersecurity world. We just have to make that bridge. Now, I'd like to talk a little bit about talent acquisition in cybersecurity and some of the pain points that are there. And I mentioned some of this already. If you have tons of resumes coming in and you have no idea if they're actually from a valid sender, should you just open them arbitrarily or should you have a solution in place to scan them and make sure that they're not infected with something? 
If you do have that in place, is it actually working? Is it tested? Is it validated? And as I mentioned, when somebody calls you, do you actually stop and say, hold on a minute, let me call you back at a different number because they're asking you something that sounds a bit strange. Do you do that? These are behavioral modification systems that we can apply in our lives to help us be more aware and more proactive in how we fight back against cybercrime. Now, I've talked about a bunch of different things here. I hope this has made sense to you. Uh, the key message that I want to deliver to you is beating cybercrime and fighting back against criminals. It's not about IT. It's not about technology. It's about people. 100% people. Cyber criminals fighting against the defenders and the good guys. It's people fighting people using technology as a platform to fight on and the weapons to shoot at each other with. Behind everything is a human being. So it's one of the reasons I came to a company like Hayes. Hayes is 100% about people. We find the right people and put them in the right jobs. We have found in the last year uh, the ability to match a person to a job every 27 seconds in a calendar year. That's an impressive number, but it needs to be more than that. There's 3.5 million vacancies in cybersecurity around the world. You will never find enough people to fill all those vacancies. Now, here I am working at a personnel services company who puts people in jobs saying, let's not fill all the jobs. What? What's Mike saying? Let's not fill all the jobs. Let's fill the right jobs. Let's find AI. Let's find automation. Let's find machine learning. Let's find systems and tools that help us do the simple things faster and help us validate the things that are happening to us faster so we can have the human beings do the things that are much more complex that only a human being can handle. When you have a machine pretending to be a human, you need to show the humans how to challenge that machine to make sure it's really a person. And as AI evolves and gets more advanced, our risk evolves and gets more advanced, which means we need to understand how to use it to our advantage as well how to use different automation systems, different tools to fight back, but more importantly, how to think differently and to see the world from the eyes of the criminals to know what risk we face and what we can do about it. So me and my team are here to help do exactly that. Just reach out and call any of us around the world and we will help you beat cybercrime and change your paradigm and help you be safe in a modern digital world.